All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, it's a great tune. Woo. I like it. Happy Halloween. Welcome back to the uh, Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation. YouTube. The so Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the proceeds stay right here in the province. Fixing up the hen day. Eventually, the yellowhead will be a freeway. Oof. Dare to dream about that one. Dare to dream. Uh, we got a lot of text flying in. 833-401-1440. Hey guys, uh, great conversation. Uh, well-spoken 24-year-old. You can hear the disappointment in his voice when he asked how he can learn to play faster. I said, I don't know. I think at some point a player can no longer grow without playing NHL. He's not young by any means. Well, he, he is still young, right? Like he, he's 24. Uh, if you look at many of the average players in the NHL, 23, 24 is when they get to the NHL. Um, the season's not over yet. And, and the thing is, right now, if you're going to recall him, I don't think playing in fourth line minutes helps him at all. So who are you going to take out of the top nine? Like I'm anybody who suggests Connor Brown, I'm sorry, you're misguided. I'm sorry, you are. Connor Brown over a six-year period was 139th most goals in the NHL. That puts him as a top five forward on average around the NHL. You're not taking him out, right? Like Connor Brown came off major knee surgery. The first three games, yeah, he looked a little slow. The last three games, he's been great. Doesn't have a goal yet. But I, I will mark. I would be willing to bet lots that Connor Brown's going to be scoring a goal here in the next two or three games. Mark my words. I just think he's close. He's around the net. He's knocking down pucks. His speed looks there again. I think he'll be fine. Right. And so if you move Holloway down, I guess now you'd move Fogel down. But right now, I'm not taking Fogel out of the top six just to put Raphael Levo on the top six. Right. That, to me, that. That's not a good message to your team. Hey, we're going to bring a guy up from the minors. We're going to take Fogel out, who, by the way, is leading our team in five-on-five goals. You can't take him out of their top six. And if you want to demote Dylan Holloway, then you're going to ask Raphael Lavada to play left wing, which he's never done. 
hey, come to the NHL, kid. You've never played there, but now we're going to put you on your offside. That doesn't help him either. So you have to look at all of the stuff. And you know what? In a few weeks, maybe Fogel, you know, cools down. Fine. Then you could put him on the third line again, which is no problem. And you give Raphael Lavoie a look if Holloway's still struggling. But I just think eight games, it's a, it's a little bit too early to want to readjust your your lineup coming off your best game of the season for an American League player yet. I just, it the, the numbers don't match up for me. But uh, we'll ask our, uh, our regular Tuesday co-host, who of course has uh, played many years in the National Hockey League, Sean Brown. Brownie, how you doing? Happy Halloween. Good. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's a big day. You know, the weather's warmed up. Oh, it's uh, a nice day for the kids, Kids man. are going to be excited. I love it when they come. I hope, hopefully we get lots of kids. It's kind of hit or miss living on an acreage. You never really know. So I'm excited. Yeah. Now, where where do you, like, I look at Lavoie, and I'm not sure if you heard the interview with him. You know what? I love his attitude. He's got the right attitude, which is a big thing. You know, a lot of things, hey, you know, it's a fine line between cocky and arrogance and, you know, some confidence and arrogance, and you don't want that. And, you know, I love what he said about, hey, of course I'd love to be in Edmonton and play seven minutes. I'm in the orders. That's, you know, you dream about being in the NHL. But then it's like the goal isn't to get to the NHL the quickest. It's to stay there, you know, a long time, which I think is very mature response. Now, if he plays the whole year in the American League and lights it up and doesn't get a call, well, then I think he'll be frustrated. But it's five games. Like, I don't think frustration will have set in for him this year. Absolutely. I, I listened to a little bit, and, yeah, he spoke very well for a young a young man. Um, but I agree. Like, he's got you got to play. And I think that, you know, where he's at right now and because it's an early season and the fact that he's having success, let him play and continue with that success. Um you know, you don't really want to bring him in a situation either where, you know, I know the Oilers won the last game and everyone should be feeling confident and feeling good. But you got to make sure that when you do bring him up, the environment is right for him as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's going into a year and a bit um, into his uh, professional career. He's still got a little bit of work to do. And because he's had a small sample size down in the American Hockey League and he's having success, make him grind a little bit. Make him understand um, you know, what the game is about and the grind. And then when he gets up here, there's going to be a, a better appreciation for it. But, you know, when he gets up to this level of hockey, he is a player that has to play and be in situations where he's going to be able to play with skilled players. And, and it's about opportunity. And if he's on the fourth line, that's not necessarily the best opportunity for his development right now. No, not, uh, none whatsoever. I, I wouldn't think anyway. So, um, Looking at the orders, the uh, Heritage Classic, they dominated the Calgary Flames. Uh, specifically defensively, five on five. They did not give up very much, Sean. Um, I know that they changed their system. If you watch the game, they, they didn't play the box plus one. They kind of went back to what they did last year. And so maybe it's just natural for guys. Hey, I don't think they were playing very well. I'm not going to blame the system. Right. But maybe they're more comfortable in this one. Fine. But they also there wasn't hesitation in their game. Right. They weren't they weren't in their heads. They just played. And Calgary five on five virtually did nothing. So, you know, I would expect that to continue for them. Um, I do want to ask you about Philip Broberg, because as a young defenseman, he's still very young. I haven't seen a lot of development in his game from when I see, you know, when I look from where he was to where he is now. I haven't seen much. Now, maybe I'm missing it. So I'm wondering, is that a concern for you at all? That there there hasn't been a... Like, I know maybe, sure, you could argue that he should play more minutes and that might help him. Fair. But I haven't seen a lot of like, okay, like there's spurts of it and then, okay, back to normal, which would be normal because that's what young guys do. But I haven't really seen much spurts that make me say, okay, 
he's taken a step. Yeah, I mean, with a young defenseman, you have a little bit of that inconsistency of what you're talking about. I mean, to get more minutes, you you know, this is the NHL. You can't just hand out minutes. And because of the situation that the Oilers are in right now, right, it, it makes it tougher to even give those minutes. You got to really earn those. Um, so the inconsistency with any young defenseman coming in there is is something that is a challenge for for all of them. I think that you know he's still got some upside, but it it's tough when you're losing. Um, mistakes and games become magnified. Everyone starts to, as as a coach, you start to, you know, overlook obviously uh, everybody's game and the situation, and um, you know, and and for every coach, it's it's tough because when you're in that situation and you know that a young defenseman uh, could make a mistake, is prone to making mistakes from the lack of experience and you're as a coach you're kind of leaning towards your your bigger guys your older guys more mature you kind of you know lean on them in those situations and I think that's kind of normal for any coach so you know what it's it's a little bit of a process I think that this game uh came at a it couldn't have come at a better time right two struggling teams an outdoor game just the environment around it, you know, we, I was on Twitter and, and was around a little bit and to see all the families uh, that were involved in the skates and the kids and mom and dad, grandpa, a lot of family, which kind of broke up a really tense scenario yeah. and situation. So that's one thing that, you know, when I played was, you know, Barry Stafford and the Oilers organization, they were really good at breaking that up. Right. We had we had dogs in the room. <laughs> you know, the, it was it was an open room and we had lots of different types of people in there. And there was a lot of different types of conversations that were going on. And it kind of in a situation in an intense situation where there's so much pressure to win. I, I don't think it couldn't have come at a better time. I'm sure that atmosphere kind of helped them all play a little looser. Um, so having the Heritage Classic and that game and the and, and Calgary, the fact that they were struggling, uh, I don't think it couldn't come at a better time. I would agree with that. And, you know, even talking to the players on Saturday, I watched their practice. It was a much more up-tempo practice. Like, they were kind of buzzing in practice, right? It's outside, so there's a little bit of the kid, ah, oh, this is fun again, right? Like, it's it's a job, but this is a super fun day on the job, right? And then, you know, they had their kids out on the ice afterwards, and those players who don't have kids were kind of, uh, you know, hanging out with the other ones who have kids, and they're playing tag with Derek Ryan's boys and different things like that. And it, it does, I, I do think stuff like that matters. I really do. And then obviously they played better when the game was on. They got a good start. Brett Kulak got them going, you know, outside of their penalties in the first period. Uh, you know, I thought it was almost like a perfect period for them. And now, though, the key is, yeah, that's one really good game. Now you got to build on it because the schedule, when I look at the order's next five games, Brownie, they play Dallas on Thursday. That'll be their third game in four nights, second half of a back-to-back. The orders are well-rested. That's an advantage going in. Doesn't mean that you guys not guarantee you win, but it's the advantage you have to take advantage of. Then Nashville comes here on Saturday, and there's no team in the NHL either have more confidence again than the Nashville Predators. Then they're in Vancouver, a team that's beat them twice. So you got to think they'll be pissed off. Then they go to San Jose, who is awful. And then Seattle, who is a bad, is a good matchup for Edmonton, bad matchup for Seattle. Like they could easily go four and one in their next five games and not, and not, and then they're back to 500. You know, like, so as terrible of their start is here, they've got the opportunity, but now they have to do it. Right. So I'm sure you played on teams where you, you, you play bad and then you're like, okay, we played a really good game. How do you ensure that you don't just fall back into the bad habits, but you maintain the good ones? 
Yeah, I mean, they're at that point. I think the Oilers are looking for anything to grab onto that they can get any type of momentum from, right? So, like you said, having an environment where you have your kids and your wife and extended family. Now everyone's kind of feeling good, right? I I would expect them now. Um, you know, as a coaching staff to go over video and there's a lot more positive video and clips to kind of reinforce what they've probably been working on. Right. I, you know, I watched a little bit of the game. Um, and you know, you look at Dayarnay and how aggressive he's, he played and how well he stepped up. Not that he's going to be a guy that's going to be counted on on scoring, but isn't it funny how that works? You get emotionally involved and you play, you know, a heavy, mean game. All of a sudden, boom, you get a goal. Yeah. Right. It doesn't happen the other way. <laughs> right. And you look, you know, you look at, you know, uh, Kane, right. It's just another game where he has a, he has a dimension to his game that not many guys bring. Yeah. Right. And it's not, it, it wasn't a one off. Like he's been pretty consistent. Right at doing this since his, you know, since I think he was a little disappointed in his Sportsnet interview and uh, and his ice time and opportunity. You got to give him a lot of credit, right, for the consistency and, and the way that he's playing. So, um, lots of positives, I think, for a coaching staff and a group of guys that were probably a little bit down um, and probably watching some video that you know quite possibly wasn't overly positive. And now you get to reinforce the good. Right. So if I'm a coach, I'm clipping as many good clips, you know, and showing the guys, hey, when we do this, this is when we look our best, you know. So, um, you know, there's there's no guarantee. But right now, when you have some confidence and you're feeling good, it's a lot easier to work because when you're not feeling good, and you're not confident. You know, sometimes you feel like you're pulling the Zamboni. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally fair. Uh Sean Brown joins us on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Hey, guys, uh, why not just recall Lavoie and Gagne? Well, who else are you going to send down? Don't say yeah, Mark. He's injured. Can't send down injured players. So who else are you going to send down? It would have to be Derek Ryan, right? So you're going to put him on waivers? I guess you could. Um, Derek Ryan actually might have just played his best game of the season. Went 6-2 and two on face-offs. So, uh, played quite well at key times. You look when Dry said it was in the box. Who was the forward they were using on the five on three? Derek Ryan. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. So, um, and I just Raphael Lavoie to me right now the best thing for his development is not to play seven eight minutes a night because he's not on the, he's not going if he's not penalty killing the American League he's not going to be penalty killing the NHL. I can tell you that a hundred percent fact. So where is he going to get the extra minutes? It's just, it's, it's just hard uh, to get a lot of minutes. Um, because the order's first line, as they should, they play a lot. Why wouldn't you? Where's the player, where's the guy that, you, like a Jordan 2-2, a Tom Wilson, where's the guy that is heavy, hard to play against, that's young, can create a lot of energy, right? There used to be so many of those players, right? Where are those? Those players are hard to find now, like Anderson in Montreal, right? What was he, uh, what was he a second-round pick, I think? Yeah. Right? You know, like... I would kind of, I would look to see, that's kind of what I'm looking for on, on the fourth line, third line, a big, heavy, hard to play against sandpaper, right? That can kind of drag guys into it. That's one thing I, I think the Oilers, you know, when you look back when I played, right, there was, there was multiple guys that could kind of play that role, right? And when it's spread out, it kind of allows, you know, it to be shared. Uh, and then it just, it, it creates the buzz. It creates the emotion, um, like I said, it was good that day. Day is definitely one of those guys that can do it. Uh, Patty Kane, 
obviously can do it. Um, you know, Eckholm's a big guy. I think as he starts to feel more confident uh, in his game, he's a guy that can bring that dimension to his game. Um, you know, so I, you know, those types of players to me were used to be easier to find. I don't know what five, ten years ago, those players, you know, are worth their weight in gold right now for me. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. Uh, we'll return. Georges Larocque will join us next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live from the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L.ca. Oh, little crew for you on a Halloween Tuesday. Oh, that's a great song, man. Love that tune. Oh, oh. Uh, brings back lots of memories, driving a hockey in the old Ford F-150 that my uh, dad used to have. Oof. Loved it. Good times. Good times. Um, let's go uh, in the community now. Brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. Uh, you're home for hockey for over 95 years as hockey days continue right now. 35% off and get great savings right now at United Sport and Cycle. And uh, we are joined by a gentleman who's uh, been in the community for uh, a few days. Of course, we've seen him around at the uh, Heritage Classic. He was uh, there for uh, Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy night, and uh, he's also in town for some uh, diversity speaking as he works for the NHL. Former Edmonton owner, George Larac joins us. Uh, George, how are you, my man? What's up, guys? What's going on? Not much. Uh, Sean Brown was uh, telling me that he's, uh, that he's still faster than you. <laughs> well, okay. How many years do you play in the NHL? Ow, that's aggressive. <laughs> wow, I've, I've taken it everywhere. What? What about Gregor? Were you in there when Dougie or Billy was up there? Oh uh, yeah, I, oh, I was there. And just I the attack just, out of nowhere. It's like Brownie, you're the cheapest guy I ever played with. I couldn't believe it. Oh, it was just you know, you know, you know why? They and then he said, George, too. Both of you guys, <laughs> yeah, but, you guys, alligator yeah, you know arms. Why, yeah, but you know why he cannot say that it's me. Because I bought Doug Wade's Viper, his sports car. So he couldn't have never said that. He forgot about it because I bought his Viper. And nobody else on the team would have dropped 40 Gs to buy that. So I did. I did. Was it a good purchase, George? No, it was stupid. I almost killed myself with it. I give a, I, I give a ride to Mike and Paul Comrie together. And uh, I, was, I was driving 300 clicks. Kids, don't do that at home. 300 clicks, I got a bump on the road on white mud, and I almost lost the curb. And then when I went back home, Bill told me it's the last time I let you, I let you leave with both my son. Only one next time in case I lose one. I don't want to lose both at the same time. I, I that, that brings back memories, George. Do you remember pick, we all lived at the Pink Palace just off of Jasper 17th Street. We call it the Pink Palace. Do yeah. you remember driving us all to the airport and how yeah. fast you would drive? Actually, I forgot I, all about that. Uh, yeah, was... I know. I'm, you know, Brownie, living in Montreal, as you know, we drive fast in Montreal. So when I was playing with the others, I was getting five photo radar a week. It was insane. Uh, so I helped the economy in Edmonton when I played here because all the nice roads that are made, I paid most of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Georgie, out of curiosity, I don't know if you had a, had a chance to see it on uh, Twitter there, but Dennis Bombi got inducted to the American League Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, we both wow. played with him. It obviously yeah. wasn't uh, for his skill. Um, I know he helped you a lot throughout your career. How tough was Dennis Bonvi? You know, it's awesome they did that. You know, I would say that Ottawa started that trend by honoring Chris Neal because 
tough guys are important as star players. We're always on their star players, but the tough guys they have the stuff as job in the NHL. And Dennis Bumby had the record in the American Hockey League, the record of penalty minutes in one year. He was a true gamer. He was tough. He was an entertainer. And he stayed in minors forever, man. He, and he was a true competitor. So tons of respect for him. And I'm glad he got that honor because, uh, you know, this job, especially doing that in the minors with the bus ride and everything that, that you're doing, oh, man, I'm going to have to call him and congratulate him. I didn't know about it. But uh, if one guy deserves it, it's Dennis Bonzi. And, uh, yes, he helped me out a lot when I played in the Bulldogs and the minors. Uh, gave me a lot of pointers because coming out of junior hockey, I didn't know much about fighting. But one of the big reasons I became the fighter that I am in the NHL is with itself, that's for sure. I was just going to touch on that because we obviously came, broke into the league together. And, you know, it was quite an adjustment, obviously, coming from junior uh, and playing against men. It was, you know, night and day difference. And, and coming from, from that to the American Hockey League and having a guy like Dennis Bombi, because I think when he broke that record, I think it was our, our first years coming into the league, yeah. right? And yes, it was our first year. And, yeah. you know, Brownie, you know what we got lucky about, too? Uh, and, you know, me and you, we could realize it more today, but I think we had that year the toughest team in the history of the AHL. Yeah. There was Dennis Von Zee, me, you, Jason Bowen, Martin Light, uh, Rob Tremblay. Man, our team was tough, and we made it to the Stanley Cup final. Call, no, sorry, called the Cup final against Hershey. Remember? Absolutely. That was yeah. incredible, our team that we had. We had Jason Bonsignor that was going to be the next, uh, Mario Lemieux, Steve Kelly. Uh, Joe Halbig, Mike Watt. It, it was fun. And we had a tough team, and people were respecting us because they were afraid. But me and you, coming out of junior, were like, man, this is awesome. Because, <laughs> you know, in a warm-up, we, we could pretty much pointing out who we're going to take. And, you know, there's so many of us that uh, we felt so much safer that way. As, as much as that was awesome, how hard were our practices? <laughs> do you remember our practices? Yes. How in, like... Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, battle and compete drills are great, and you have to do them, Yeah. right? But if you do them for what, any more than, I would say, 20 seconds, then now all of a sudden... you're tired. Well, not that you're tired. It's like, okay, I want to kill this guy, right? So they... Sorry, George? Brandy, watch this. I have the craziest story regarding practices. You're going to go nuts, because I never said that on the air to anyone. So you're going to know this, and if you guys don't believe me, you could call Lauren Mullican and ask him the story. Uh, that year when we were playing and, uh, you know, we were, we were up and down and not doing so good. And one time I gave shit to Lauren Mullican and I said, you don't give us enough shit when we're losing game. You have to be more severe. You have to punish us. So I told him that because the year before I won the Memorial Cup. So that was my first year American Hockey League. And I, didn't, I thought our coach wasn't severe enough with us and we had too many passengers. One time, Ronnie, we came back from a road trip at 3 in the morning. Do you remember we practiced at 3 in the morning with our wet gear for yep. an hour, back skated? That's because I talked to him that day. So he punished us because to make us accountable the way we were playing. No, I definitely, I do remember that skate. I mean, Do, do you uh, regret saying that, George, for 3 in the morning? And did we lose George? I think we might have lost him. So we'll, uh, we'll have to get him back. I, I do remember that. I mean, Lauren Mulliken, uh, great guy, great coach. Um, you know, we, we had a tough team and he was a tough coach and it was, it was challenging. 
and George kind of touched on it on how tough our team was and and the battles we used to have like going into St. John's we'd play the the Baby Leafs and the the uh the uh Flames farm team and they they equally had just as tough of a, a, as a team and it actually gives me it goosebumps to actually think about those games and the intensity and knowing what you're going into um, for someone like myself and George to have guys like Dennis Bomby, Terran Sandwith, Scott Ferguson, Jason Bowen, the, li- the list goes on. Um, you know, what, you know, the, the help and, and the fact that you knew you were going into a battle, but you had a lot of backup. Yeah. And, uh, George Iraq is, uh, is back with us. Asked? So, uh, George. What was I asked when the phone cut? What was I asked when it cut? Well, you were saying how, uh, it was three in the morning and, uh, you were practicing at three in the morning, uh, because you told yeah. Lauren earlier that day to, uh, toughen up. And then we asked you, so did you, at three in the morning, did you regret your decision? <laughs> no, no, I didn't because what happened after that, um, I was smiling when we were back skating and, uh, it put, it, it, guys became more accountable and it took us straight to the playoff. We made the playoff. And made it to the to the College Cup final. Our team changed after. He was more severe, and he got more out of everyone. It was awesome. And you could ask Lord Mar- ask Malone the story. He's going to tell you. And he became more severe as a coach uh, as a coach after that incident. George Larac uh, joins us. Uh, George, um, do you have a, a favorite Doug Waite story? Man, uh, well, you know, for sure, buying his Viper is pretty good <laughs> because you know. Your captain has a sports car, and then you know I've never had one in my life. My first sports car I've ever got is from him, so that one is pretty good. Um, another good Doug White story that I have is uh, when I fought Rob Ray, is because of uh, Rob Ray was roughing up uh, Doug, uh, Doug White and, and Bill Guerin, and I went up to Dougie, my captain, and I said, "Don't worry, I'll take care of it." So you know, little things like this all the time. You know, I. Uh, you know, I, I, I love them. I love them as a captain, and I've, I've always wanted to look after him, make sure nobody was touching him. So, you know, little things like this there and there, I joke around all the time, you know. Um, I said he was an awesome captain that we've had, and uh, to go from Doug Wade to Jason Smith, too, was awesome, too. So, no, I think that in Edmonton, the years that I was there, uh, we had the best captains um, when I was playing there, that's for sure. We are we are very fortunate to be led by a lot of great leaders. Bucky, I mean, I think all those guys honestly took a lot from Bucky uh, and for what Bucky did on the ice and off the ice. Uh, the one funny story that I got of uh, Doug Wade, because I obviously don't see them that much. Everyone's busy with their own lives, but it was kind of funny when, when I walked in there. For as good as Dougie is, and we all knew the skill and the hands, and we've seen it in the game, well, he was that much harder to defend in practice Mm -hmm. right and so for guys like myself and George and other guys that didn't have the same skill especially defending against him you had to hack and whack a little bit well I'm in the league and I'm just cutting my teeth and I'm playing a limited role this guy's the leader carrying our team playing 20 plus minutes you know and I'm a young kid trying to in practice get to my next practice which gets me to my next game so I would often have to hack and whack just to stay you know, close to Dougie and obviously Dougie didn't like that. And so, you know, he's a competitive guy and we'd get into these, you know, pushing matches. And then all of a sudden Billy would come in and be like, Brownie, what are you doing? Leave him alone. And, and so anyway, they, he, uh, Billy came up with a rule and he's like, Hey, Brownie, listen, don't touch the stars. And that was kind of, so it was kind of funny seeing him in the, uh, in the alumni room there and 
that was one of the things after not seeing him for a while i gave him a hug i said hey billy am i am i allowed to touch the stars now <laughs> um, you know so it was you know you, you forget uh you know or you see in a game you know the skill and the ability that ha- that he has well it's it's magnified by 10 in, in a practice scenario george uh, you're uh, you're talking to the uh, i think it's is it Calgary and Edmonton uh, this week? Uh, you're working with the NHL. Tell us what you're working on uh, with the NHL right now. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, that's why I step on the side of the road, but I was just uh, talking to the Flame this morning, uh, actually, like, right before the practice, and now I'm driving back to Edmonton. But I'm part of the uh, NHL uh, player in, uh, quali- uh, coalition inclusion of the NHL, and uh, every team has to go through this process. We're talking about diversifying the game and the respect. So, uh, you know, we uh, we got a special training for it uh, to make sure that all the templates, everything is spelled out. So I just talked to all the guys and uh, and uh, about uh, diversity and stuff and open up the game and an exchange that I do with him, sharing stories and stuff. And uh, and yeah, I do about twelve team in the NHL. Uh, all the, uh, by January, uh, our group would have done all of them. Okay. It's something that was uh, an idea that was made through Kim Davis to Gary Batman and. Uh, We've been working on this for years, and it's awesome to see that the NHL now is taking a stand for diversity, and that we want to make sure we open up the game for everyone. And uh, George, give me your thoughts on the uh, the Heritage Classic this time around. Um, a lot warmer than it was in uh, in two thousand and three. And uh, do you think that's the game that kind of gets the orders going on the right path? Because their first seven games are not very good. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm glad they didn't choke like we did in two thousand three because we lost the Heritage Classic in 2003, and they call it the Heritage Classic Hangover because we we when we won, I think, only one of the 17 next game, and we missed the playoff by one point that year. So, uh, and, and I know how cold that it was, but it was cold for both teams, and we lost, and, and that, that was devastating to lose in front of so many people. Um, I'm glad that the others won it this year, and, uh, you know, because I thought for both teams it was a turning back point for both teams this year to get things going. It was awesome to see Turner. We thought he was going to be gone for two weeks, being back for that game. Uh, you know, everybody was very surprised. And it's funny because that morning I saw Greg Conroy, and I was like, uh, you know, we shook hands because I played against him. And he's like, uh, and, and, and he was hoping too that this game would kickstart his team. But he was joking with me saying that he was hoping Connor was going to miss at least one more. <laughs> so it shows you the respect that they all have yeah, for yeah. him. But, you know, Yes, the others been struggling uh, the start of the season. It is if somebody would have told me that the Montreal Canadiens would have had the start that they have and the others would have the start that they have, I would have thought that it would be the opposite scenario for both teams. But you know what? For the others, it's better that it happened in the beginning of the season than the end of the season. They got to figure it out because there's too much talent in this dressing room. There's no way they're going to stay in the bottom like this. And yes, I think this game is going to turn things around. But, man, in Calgary, you should have seen those faces. Um, you know, they, they're very, very disappointed. It, it was a tough loss for them, too, and they have to figure it out. But I don't care. I'm an Edmontonian. The others figured it out. They won the game that they had to. Uh, hopefully the confidence is back. They go on the run. And a uh, couple wins in a row, and then uh, we're back at 500, building wins above the 500 mark, and it will be okay. So I'm not panicking because, you know, adversity makes teams tighter, makes teams better. And I think that now we're going to start to go on a winning streak and fans won't have to be as worried. And quickly, give me your thoughts on the Canadians. Really good hot start. Do you think it's sustainable in Montreal? No, it's not. 
Uh, Montreal is every year. If you look at their start, they always have a really good start. They're they're a small, fast team, and as you know, because there's less and less exhibition game, and veterans don't want to play in it. It takes about ten games for teams to be ready for the system, everything to kick in, and guys kicking into gear. So I think after ten games, Montreal is going to start to wear off a bit because you know Kirby Dak is not there. You know, they, it, it's crazy. They they don't have contribution from everyone. And uh, you know they're playing way better than than what they should have what they should give us. So it's awesome. It's a great start. I think after ten games, it's going to wear down, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know because they're rebuilding and the city have accepted it, so they're very patient with them. In two years, there will be expectation, but for now, the fact they have a great start, people are happy and it's fun and and good. You know, there's a big uh, debate uh, to who, which goalie they're going to keep because they don't want to send Primo in the minors because they think he's going to be picked up. Jake Allen is hot, so some team might be looking at him to see how should it be a second goalie that we take for insurance for the playoff. We'll see. Uh, but it's awesome that both goalies, are, all the three goalies are going well. And even though the team is rebuilding, uh, seeing the emergence of those rookies that's going to be the future tomorrow for the team, it's awesome to watch. George, I was looking up Dennis Bonvie's numbers. In his fourth year in the AHL, he had 522 penalty minutes, which is crazy. And then he played 15 years in the minors. In his 13th year in the American League, he had 431 penalty minutes. That guy was a gamer from start to finish of his career. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, major respect for him because I could have never done it. Uh, you know, play for that long in the minors. And be the veteran that young rookie goes to you to make a name for themselves, and him always there to answer the bell. Uh, you know, Froberg was the ultimate champion, best heavyweight in the NHL history. But you got to give that title to Dennis Bondi in the American Hockey League. He's the Dennis, he's the Bob Probert of the American Hockey League. That's the best title that I could give to Bondi. I like that. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Georgie, who would you say was your toughest uh, opponent in the NHL? Uh, Derek Bougard, may he rest in peace. 6'8", yeah. 275, with his reach and his strength. And what made Derek Bougard more dangerous than anyone else is he actually liked fighting. 
I have never talked to a tough guy that likes fighting, by the way. So people, maybe you might be surprised about it, but it doesn't exist a guy that likes fighting that loves to do this and raves about it. Derek Bougar loved it. He loved it so much that he did fighting camps in the summer. He was scary. He was looking at guys as warm-up in a morning skate, and he knew just the look that he had he was going to go after you. So uh, I'll never forget that game in Minnesota before I faced him for the first time. And the media in the morning came up to me, and they're like, well, George, what do you think of Bougard? I knew, everybody knew it was going to happen. So I was so nervous. I didn't sleep the night before. I was sweating all over the place. I always did good against him, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I knew that one punch of him could kill me. I remember before I fought him, he actually broke Todd Fedorik's name. Oh, yeah. And since that day, Todd Fedorik's nickname was Robocop because he has a metal plate in his face. No. And I was fighting him after, so I was like, my God, like, I hope I don't get connected like this. So he was tough. He loved it. He was dangerous. But thankfully, I always did good against him. Col- Colton Orr is another guy who seemed to like to fight. Yeah, yeah, Colton, yeah. I have heard. I've never talked to him, yeah. but yeah, I've heard that Colton Orr. <laughs> and you know what's crazy about Colton Orr? He has this crazy knuckle that I remember one time a team got him to x-ray it because they said it was metal that he had in there. He has a pointy knuckle in his fist that, that, that was very, very dangerous when he's pun- punching people with it. It was like, uh, you know, those American fists, like it yeah. was so hard and he could do a lot of damage with it. Uh, he's knocked out a lot of people too. And you're right, Brownie, I have heard that Colton Orr liked it too and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but again, that's not a guy that, that thankfully I always did good against, but, but you know, you never know. And actually, Brownie, I'm going to give props to you because you remember that time that uh, Daryl Duke popped my eye out and I was out in the IR for three games? And then we played Washington and you fought Chris Simon. So, Brownie, you're one of the toughest guys in the league, too, because you fought Chris Simon, too, when I couldn't play that game. So, give credit to you, too, Brownie. You were, one, you were one of the toughest guys up in the NHL, also. I, I got to thank uh, Steve Steos and uh, Ethan Morrow for that. Um, because, yeah, you were out. And it was funny because I'm walking in the dressing room. I look over at uh, Morrow and Steos, and they got a, a Gatorade cup full of straws. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, this game involves you. Come over here. So they're, we're playing a game of straws to see who fights Simon. What? Yeah. And so I, I lose like, the no game. No offense to Steve Stales, but he didn't want to get that straw. He was not. I don't think any of us yeah. wanted to get that straw. <laughs> so I got the straw. Not that, I mean... Obviously, with uh, with George being out, I was the uh, low hanging fruit, so it was a it was a gimme for Simon. But yeah, it was kind of funny how that all kind of played out. Ronnie, mm-hmm. two things, two things. First of all, they kept the straws in their hand before <laughs> they gave you the short one. Exactly. Because the there's no way those two guys would have went with him. Yeah. And you did very good against Simon, Brownie. Give yourself credit. You yeah, did very good. I appreciate that. George, the the one fight that sticks out for me, I don't know if uh, if you remember this, but you were kind of up and down, and, and we were in Anaheim. And... Um, you had got called up and we we're, you know, you were kind of at the crossroads, both of us of like, Hey, we've been, we've played enough games in the minors. We gotta, we gotta make a statement here and we gotta try and, you know, stay in the league. Do you remember getting called up and, and you came to me where in Anaheim had uh, Stu Grimson and Stu Grimson to me was, he was a big, scary man, right? He was one of those guys yeah. that when things were going on in the bench or in a game, he would, he was always in the middle of the bench and he would stand up, 
right? He was kind of, he was a policeman on the ice, but he was a policeman when he was on the bench, right? And he wasn't scared to interact and call guys out from the bench. But I remember you coming, coming up and I'm sitting in the dressing room before the game and you're like, Brownie, I'm fighting Stu. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, like, hey, listen, you, you know this guy's legit. Like, this guy's been in the league. This guy knows what he's doing. He's huge. He's intimidating. And I remember just the confidence in in your voice, in the way you looked, and how intense you were. And, you know, because I knew it was going to happen, you know, when he hopped on the bench or from the bench onto the ice, I looked down and I looked at you, and you looked at uh, Low Tide, and uh, he gave you the nod. You hopped out there, and and man, what I, I could not believe. I mean, he's a big man, and and you did a number on him. And that fight for me kind of sticks out because I think it was kind of at a point in your career where it's like, hey, you know, I'm here to stay. Uh, and the fact that you know a heavyweight and a guy that's done what he's done in the league and what you know the way you were able to handle him that that one sticks out for me. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. But but Brownie, j- just to make one thing clear. When you say I look confident and all that stuff, I was scared shitless. Man, I was like, my God, because you don't know what's like everything you said, you're right. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like, if I want to make it to the NHL, I ask for number 27, Dave Samenko's number. I have to honor that number. I want to be the next guy for the next 10 years in this town, in this city. So I have to be the guy. I have to be the best, toughest guy in the league. So I was fighting everyone. So I didn't know what's going to happen. I was afraid. I look at his video. You were scary, and I'm a kid. You go up to a veteran like that. So, you know, it's Brownie, I never I never thought as a kid I was going to be a tough guy. And I knew when I played junior hockey, I had to fight if I wanted to play in the NHL. But again, when I decided to be fighting in the NHL, I didn't know how my reputation was going to be. I didn't know how tough I was going to be. I didn't know how I was going to do against all these guys. But all I could do is try. Try, do my best. And I hated fighting. But in my mind, I was like, you know what, George? If you hate it, become the best at it so then people will fear you and you don't have to do it as much you know and that's what i try to do and then that way i did that i did it less you know when you have a team brownie as you know a guy that fights 30 40 times is because people are not afraid of him everybody drops the glove with him but there's so many times that guys were like we're not hitting guys we're not taking advantage of the star player because they knew i would go after them and to me the job was done. It still gave me anxiety because I didn't know whether the fight was going to happen or not. But the fact that tough guy had respect uh, of me, of the job that I did, that made it so I did not, once my reputation was established, I did not have to do it as much. George, always great to talk to you, my man. Uh, have a safe trip, uh, and we will uh, talk to you again soon. Awesome. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. That is uh, George Laraca. Went a little long. We'll take a quick break. Come back with more on The Gregor Show with Sean Brown on Sports 1440 Live, Oilers Nation YouTube. 355, welcome back. Halloween edition of The Jason Gregor Show on Sports 1440. We are live in the E-Well Studios. Uh, they are wishing uh, all of you a very happy Halloween. And, of course, uh, they'll give you more than premium quality electrical products. They're ready to elevate your projects. Contact Ewell to discuss how they can partner with your success. E-W-E-L.ca. we got uh, loads of text flying in at 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Guys, your interviews today are unreal. Zonka, Lavoie, and now George. What else is coming up? Can't wait from Fred. Well, Fred, you know what? It's a good start. It's a very good start. Yeah, it's been a very fun show. We have um, uh, Struddy coming up next hour. We have uh, Spec DVD. Uh, we're also going to hear from uh, Connor Brown, 
who I'll tell you right now, Connor Brown, he's not lacking confidence whatsoever. He feel and I'll, I don't want to say it. I'm going to let you listen to it. it's two minutes of Connor Brown. Maybe we'll play it now, Cons. Actually, no, no. We'll we'll do it after the break. Um, but I want you to listen to uh, to Connor Brown. Um, some really good insight, uh, honest insight from a player on where he was, where he is, where he thinks he's going with his game for the uh, Edmonton owners. So uh, we'll get to that uh, brief uh, two minutes. Uh, other news, of course. Um, now, Brownie, are you an NBA guy at all? Do you, uh, do you follow the NBA? Not a ton. I mean, I, f- I was following the Raptors, obviously, on their run there, but I wouldn't say I follow it, you know, a ton. I do. Basketball is one of my favorite sports to play, if not my favorite. But I don't follow it a ton. Okay, so you prefer uh, you're out shooting bricks is what you're doing. No, I I got game. I you know what I did <laughs> no, have game. Must... I got this problem with my hand. You can see right here. Yeah, what's like, up with your left finger? I, I got you this, can't straighten it out. Yeah, I, I got to get surgery on it and straighten it out. So and this is my shooting hand too. So the ball doesn't roll off. When my did fingers. that happen? You know what I've I've had this for probably four years, five years. So okay, every now, hold that back up to the camera for anybody watching on uh, Orders Nation YouTube. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's your. It basically your pinky yeah. finger. <laughs> it doesn't on your look left good. Eh? Is like uh, pointing straight forward all the time. Like, yeah. hey, like if you yeah. walked up to someone, yeah. you wave at them. They're like, why is he pointing at me with his pinky finger? Th- this poor pinky finger. If you look at it, right, not only is it a little it's bit just, is it challenged, cut off but too? it's there. You go. It's also cut off. It's taken some abuse. What'd you get yeah. how'd, now? How did you get that taken off? So that was my first year in the minors. We were in Rochester, and uh, I was getting the line to dump it in, and I was going across uh, a cross corner dump. And uh, you remember, in, uh, uh, you played in Buffalo, Vakla Verada. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Physical player. Physical. Get hit. Yeah. So he was chasing me down. So I'm going across corner dump. So I dump it, and he does a one hand slash, and it just caught me at the perfect point. Right where you know you got the padding yeah, yeah. just above your glove, so my pinky must have been just sticking out just enough, Ooh. so it clipped the end of it and blew it off. How'd that feel? Awful, awful. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, I dump it in, and I'm like, man, that hurts. But you know, you lose your nail, you get blood in your nail. That's that doesn't feel good either. So I thought it was that, but I didn't want to look at it. So I'm sitting on the bench, and I'm just like, don't look at my hand, don't look at my hand. Just it'll go away, it'll go away. And then our trainer was like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I think my finger's a little bit sore. And he's like, well, let me look at it. I take it out and I show him and he's like, whoa, your, your, your finger, a bit of it's missing. Like the nail's gone. It blew off. So then he takes my glove and he shakes it and the little nail, that little piece. Like the tip of your The tip pinky. of it. Oh, it was, oh. <laughs> so the good, so the good old American, so he's like, hey, you got to get off. So I get off and I'm getting undressed. As I'm getting undressed, this is, you know, to go along with what LaRock's saying, how tough our team was. I'm getting undressed. Lauren comes in. He gets kicked. And I could tell something was going on because the crowd was going crazy. Lauren comes in. He He's like, Brownie, we got him. I'm like, okay. I kind of thought it was an accident. Who, but Lauren who? Mulligan. Oh, our oh, coach. So your he coach gets, said we got him. <laughs> so he gets kicked out. Next thing you know, Bombi comes in. He's like, got him for you, Brownie. And I'm like, all right, you know, and uh, so, yeah. And uh, so the trainer uh, gives me my little piece of my pinky in a Ziploc bag full of ice. And uh, I get in a cab. I get in a cab and I go to the hospital and the doctor's like, hey, listen, I, I can sew this little piece on. Not sure if it's going to die. You're not going to have any sensation at the end. Or I had a li- this is the worst part. I had a little piece of the bone oh, sticking out. Man. Yeah, this was awful. So they had to cut 
clip my bone down to pull to pull my skin over. And I'm watching this and I'm just like, oh, this is the sound of your bone being clipped. Ooh, it was awful. Did they freeze it? They must have. Oh, yeah. yeah they yeah, froze yeah. it. So, yeah, I was. And you're awake and what are they just got yeah, they, some high industrial scissors clip? Well, they just they they put a band and kind of cut off the circulation and, oh, and gave it. A, it. It was it was awful. It was, I was out for quite a while. I was obviously. just going to say, how long were you out for? Jesus, I was out. You know, I wind up coming back when I came back. You know, obviously, you know, you're not out. You're, you don't get to be 100%. Mm-hmm. So once I could get my glove, my hand and my glove, they just kind of cut the two fingers, sewed those two fingers together, together, right? And I put a little plastic cap over it. But that was probably one of the most painful injuries because I couldn't help but touch things. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that, that wasn't a very fun injury. Yeah, it's like when you have a broken nose, you don't realize how often you touch your face. Yeah. Right? And you're just like, ow, ow, happens all the time. So... So that was your first year in Hamilton. That was my first year, and I, I remember I was wearing, I I was wearing Vic gloves, and uh, I think some guys were like, "Hey, are, are you getting anything for this?" And I'm like, "It was a it was an accident, right?" And being in the states, I don't know if I could have filed for something and maybe got some type of insurance or some money. I wound up getting a Rawlings baseball glove. Because I remember, uh, I can't remember the, the rep's name. Uh, from Jan- Vic. Jansen, from Vic. They give you a, a glove saying, hey, sorry about this. Yeah, he was like, hey, is everything okay? I, I don't know how I got it. I, I wind up getting the baseball glove out of it. But I got. Uh, I still have that baseball glove at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That is quite the gork finger yeah. story. So I my like hand it. is taken... Yo, so my basketball day, my basketball days are pretty much done. Okay. And I'm getting older now. Uh, could you ever dunk? You must have been able to dunk. Oh yeah, I had, oh, I was good. Really? I was really oh, good. I could handle the ball. I could dunk. Um, you know, I still play with my son and his buddies. Like it's hilarious. Like, cause obviously we're getting older and there was a time, especially when they were younger, right? I could beat them all day long, but now they're a little bigger, a little stronger. So the struggle's real. <laughs> uh, let's get to, uh, Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update, uh, brought to you by. Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Coming up the next hour, your chance to qualify and help your neighbor where Legacy is going to give a brand new high-efficiency furnace to someone in your inner circle. Find out how LegacyHeating.ca. Here's Connor Halley. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.